Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. When someone can hear me, it's like that inner knowing can hear. So if I'm telling someone that you can heal, right, it's absolutely possible for you to heal. Part of them will know if that's true or not. They may not know the how, the why, the any of that kind of stuff. But that inner self, that deep knowing, their, their soul knows. And that's the part that can meet me there. And then it's just allowing them that grace of catching up, right? Of taking that time of like, this is not your fault. This is conditioning. This stuff runs deep. I mean, this goes way back to toddlerhood. And if you're, you know, in your 30s or 40s, like you've been operating this way all of this time, it's not going to change overnight. And that's okay, right? But it can change. And for me to be able to hold that space to create safety for them to know that they can go through this process and that it might get messy at times because growth sure is, but it's okay because that's what healing takes. And they're committed because they know what's possible. So to see them starting to walk through that and to finally see them starting to tap more into their intuition, right? Which is so related to the health of your gut, which is so related to all of that. Those two pieces are so intimately tied to have, for example, I had a gentleman who I was working with who was very in his head. Um, and as his body started to heal, he, he was out with friends and he remembered taking a bite of something and he was like, I don't know why, but I was just like, no, that's not going to work for my body. It's like, that was your intuition at play. Do you realize that? And he just knew and it was starting to tap into them. He was like, oh my gosh, I can trust myself. And that's what starts to happen over time as you start to do this work, as you start to bring the mind, the body, the heart, the emotions, the spirit all into alignment is I can trust myself. Mm. And that is so powerful. When you feel safe in your body and you can trust yourself, then you know you can start to make the right decisions, whether it's food, whether it's a doctor, whether it's a treatment, whether it's not a treatment, you know that you can guide yourself because that inner knowing is guiding you along the way. Welcome to Universal Grace. I am your host, Nadine Grace. Universal Grace is a dose of personal development and spiritual truth to help you become the best and greatest version of yourself. I share real talks with global game changers, thought leaders, and high-performance experts in this raw and unfiltered transformational podcast. I know that we're all capable of becoming the very best version of ourselves. We just need to remember who we are, and believe that we are worthy and deserving of an extraordinary life. I am here to awaken you to your infinite potential and inspire you to unlock your inner greatness and live your best life. You ready? Let's get started. 
Welcome back to Universal Grace. I am your host, Nadine Grace. Um, we have a wonderful guest today that I cannot wait for her to share her story. Her name is Dr. Selvi. She guides women to soothe their Crohn's and regain their life naturally. Realizing that the answers to healing herself took more than what her medical doctors or her own medical training could offer. Dr. Selvi, Selvi successfully explored alternatives to get to remission and remain in remission for 10 years. Her passion lies in applying these and other methods she learned along the way to help her clients regain their life from the pain and exhaustion of Crohn's. Dr. Selvi, Selfie, lives in New York and free from the grip of Crohn's. She loves nothing more than to dance, travel, and explore in her free time. Welcome, Dr. Selfie. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Yes, you are. Thank okay. you so much for having me, Nadine. It's a pleasure to be here. You are most welcome. And thank you. Thank you so much for, you know, wanting to share such powerful story. I'm sure a lot of people are going to benefit from what you're about to share. So what is your story? When did you first discover that you um, had this, this um, that you had Crohn's? Yeah, it's a great question, you know, and um, so I was diagnosed 25 years ago, but looking back, I had symptoms way back to childhood, so I know I was undiagnosed for years. Um, you know, I was kind of always just a sick kid, having, you know, digestive problems, getting sick easily, that sort of thing. Um, I had ulcers in my mouth, and I played the clarinet, um, so that got really interesting quite often. I love to play the clarinet, but I couldn't put the mouthpiece in my mouth because I had these ulcers and I would struggle to eat. Nobody really put the pieces together. And so I was like, okay, I guess my body is just weird or weak or messed up or, you know, something along those lines, just kind of sputtering along through life. And I was in college uh, when I was finally diagnosed and um, it happened that I was having diarrhea that just wouldn't stop. And so I was taking over the counter like Imodium or something to make it stop. And it got to the point that I was taking Imodium and it still wouldn't stop. And then it was just like, okay, well, something's off. This is not right. So um, my parents decided to seek out help from one of our family friends who was a doctor who was like, okay, let's run some blood work. Let's kind of see. And I was so jaded by this point. I was like, well, no blood work's going to show anything because it never does. No test is going to show anything because it never does. Um, but that was when it finally did start to show. And when he ran the basic blood work, they showed it showed that my inflammation was through the roof at that point. Um, so I had a really high sedimentation rate was what they were looking at at that point in time, which the normal is from zero to 15, I believe, and mine was 95 at that point in time. Yeah. And that's not specific to digestive issues, but they're like, okay, something's going on. So then he was like, all right, let's run more studies. Let's do um, something radiographic uh, where you drink barium. And then they look at your digestive tract um, and see if anything is off inside. And of course, I'm like, yeah, that's not going to show anything either. Sure enough, it did show something, though. It showed inflammation in my small intestine um, at the very end of my small intestine, which I found out later is very common in Crohn's to have inflammation of the terminal ileum and sent me to a gastroenterologist to follow up and to see, you know, kind of what was going on from here. So I still remember that day in that doctor's office. So he went through in medicine, we talk about the differential diagnosis. So basically different possibilities of what it could be. And he listed out four things that I, I don't cancer. And I flipped the heck out. I was like, oh my gosh, I was, I think 19 at the time. And I was just scared. 
I remember coming back home and just crying my eyes out and being terrified and praying to God, like, let this not be cancer, let this not be cancer. Um, and I refused to go back to that guy <laughs> also. So um, we wound up finding another um, gastroenterologist who was willing to kind of treat in the meantime. So he wound up putting me on steroids and said, okay, let's do a colonoscopy. Um, and so we're like, okay, fine, like anything to have some relief at this point, because I was getting exhausted. Um, one thing for me was I never lost a ton of weight um, with the illness um, so much, but I was just really exhausted. The diarrhea wouldn't stop. I didn't have much of an appetite and it was just, you know, it was difficult. And my parents are also worried um, what the heck is going on. So we did the colonoscopy and long story short, I was able to get diagnosed through those biopsies as having Crohn's disease. So I remember, you know, sitting in his office and I always say, you know, those seven words, Selvi, I'm afraid you had Crohn's disease, went on to change the face of my life forever because they really truly did. I had no idea what it was. I had no idea what it meant, but I remember him saying, you know, you're gonna need to be on medication for the rest of your life. It's chronic, it doesn't go away. And then I just tuned out. God knows what he said after that. <laughs> I just totally tuned out and was like, okay, great. What the heck? Like, I want to be a doctor. I've wanted to be a doctor since I was five years old. This thing now comes along. Like, what the heck? Like, I have a goal in mind. I want to get there. Okay. I, what medication do I need? Like, it doesn't really matter. I wasn't thinking about side effects. I wasn't thinking about long-term effects. None of that. So I was on those steroids for a good two years um, continuously. They could never get me off because I was in college, high stress, pre-med, all of this, right? So every time they try to lower the medication, it would kick back in again and I would feel more distress and pain and diarrhea and all that sort of stuff. So we were in this weird wobble situation where I couldn't get off of the medications. I needed it to function and I refused to stop also, right? So I refused to cut myself a break. Um, I wasn't helping the situation to be totally honest. Um, and so I wound up needing surgery in my final year of college. So I needed major surgery. I had a perforation, excuse me, in my large intestine that they don't know how it happened. So yeah, it went from, you know, one day I was fine. The next day, all of a sudden I had a really high fever, which was odd for me because I don't tend to run fevers. My body temperature was actually low. So for me to see a temperature of 104 freaked me out. Um, and then I went to student health services. They ran um, some blood work at that point in time. And, um, and they found that my white blood cell count was really low. And... Um, and that you know something was up and that I needed to be admitted to the hospital. And a few days later, they wound up finding this perforation mm -hmm. in my intestine and told me at that point in time that I needed emergency surgery um, and that that was the only option. Now here I am, you know, like final semester of college, I'm about to graduate or so I think. And, you know, I kind of went from working on my senior project to now needing to be admitted, having emergency surgery, and who knows what the heck is going to happen. And all they said was emergency exploratory laparotomy. Now, that was terrifying to me at that age, too, because all I knew was that my stomach was going to get cut open and who knows what the heck was going to happen afterwards. Right. And so I didn't have a whole lot of emotional prep or anything the surgery was actually on my mother's birthday and I was upset about that on top of everything else. <laughs> so from this point of being told that I needed surgery, I remember just crying nonstop until he wheeled me into the operating room. And, um, 
And then whatever happened, happened in the operating room. And I woke up, I remember waking up with two bags on my abdomen, two drains. Um, so I had an ostomy bag, which I didn't know what that meant. I, there was no preparation whatsoever. And the incision itself, they couldn't close it completely. So they wound up having these huge gaps in between because I was on steroids for so long that wound wouldn't heal. And I was 21 years old. And so I went from, you know, like about to finish college to this happening and like, oh shit, my life just went on hold. Um, what's going to happen? I was terrified. I couldn't process any of that. Um, that had just happened. So it was pretty intense um, that time period. And, you know, it just felt like my whole world got turned inside out and upside down and all the things at once. Um, and so, so they took me off of the steroids over time. And, you know, long story short, the incision wound up being able to heal, but it took a long time. It took a good nine months for that to mm. fully heal during which time I wound up developing a compression fracture in my back because my bones had become so brittle and weak from that steroid mm -hmm. use for so long. Um, so then they went back to reconnect me and, you know, do another surgery to finish all of this stuff. And again, I had major complications this time. This time my liver decided to shut down, my kidneys shut down. I wound up in the ICU after surgery um, and, you know, it was scary. So again, it was just like, you know, these couple of near-death experiences where it was just really grim for a while and really scary. Um, and thankfully, eventually everything started to come back, you know, being young helped um, a lot in that respect. And honestly, like a little bit oblivious, right? I was just like, I just kind of assumed my organs were going to start working and that everything was going to be okay. So, you know, thankfully I didn't know more than to sit and worry and obsess at that point in time. So that helped. And I had some really great support people, including um, one of the residents who was working at the hospital who was absolutely phenomenal would come in and would encourage me every single day, which helped tremendously. I wound up coming out of the hospital after all of this and still hell bent on going to medical school. I'm like, I, it, this is happening. I, whatever, I don't care what it takes. And so I, that was my only way, I think, to just propel myself forward and not get stuck in that place of, you know, just obsessing constantly. So, so I did, and I came back to school. I finished college. I wound up going into medical school and that was when stuff started to become really real for me um, in a lot of senses because the stress level was tremendous in medical school. I'm sure that's probably a shocker for people to hear, you know, medical school being stressful, <laughs> but it was intense um, to say the least. And so I was being really challenged, but I was also enjoying what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And my motivation to go into medicine had changed because now I had been a patient and I had gone through these really difficult experiences. And so I was like, you know, I understand what it's like to stay in the hospital, to undergo these tests, to have dialysis, you know, to um, feel like you're almost in a factory, if you will, being wheeled to tests and, you know, shifted here and there. And like, I get it. And that passion inside of me was like, okay, now I really want to be able to help people who are suffering because I get it. I've been there and it can be different and I want to help make it different. And so that was my motivation. That was what was helping to pull me through. At the same time, my body was, you know, struggling and fighting and, you know, I was trying to ignore my body and just push through and I had no tools to really anchor myself um, and move through things in a healthy way. Um, I was fully reliant on my doctors and whatever the next medication that they had, I was like, okay, sure, I'll, I'll try this, I'll try that. And I was bouncing from one thing to the next to the next, 
but not really doing well, not really feeling well, certainly not being able to get to remission, just kind of sputtering through. Um, and, um, and there were times when it was really, really hard. You know, I remember going to certain rotations, um, screaming in pain, but just like, okay, I still have to show up. Like, I still have to do what I have to do um, kind of thing. So it was challenging to say the least, but I did wind up getting through and I knew I wanted to go into pediatrics. Um, so again, still pushing myself through and eventually my body got to a point where it was just like, all right, hold up, I can't do this anymore. Um, and I remember I was on call overnight and I was having vomiting um, and I was just attributing it to the kids, right? So some kid on the, on the floor must be having a virus. I must've picked it up and, you know, all of this sort of stuff, like, you know, the mind is so powerful. Mm. It's absolutely the stories I would tell myself, you know, to kind of get through. And what was really happening was that I was developing a stricture. So my intestine was narrowing where I'd had the previous surgery and contents were struggling to go through. And so I was having vomiting because it just, it couldn't go downward. Um, and that's what was really happening. And I remember I was being admitted to the hospital because I was in so much pain a few months later and um, just couldn't take the pain anymore. And and at that point, it started to become more clear that I was going to need yet another surgery. And I realized deep down, I knew in my soul, my career was done, that I just, I couldn't do this to myself anymore. And um, it still makes me a little emotional to think about it. Um, but it was a hard time. It was a dark, dark time because I went through this period where I knew I needed to focus on my health. I needed to focus on myself. Um, but I was also going through an identity crisis of, if I'm not a doctor, who am I? You know, mm -hmm. this is something that I thought I was going to be from the age of five, basically, right? So who am I? What does this make me? All of those sort of things are coming up as I'm trying to, you know, deal with this surgery. So I became depressed for a while. And again, just still bouncing through different medications, just allowing um, life to happen to me as opposed to through me, which was something I wound up learning later on. Um, and it got to a point where I was, you know, I was having more surgery and I was needing more medications and I was having more side effects. So when I finally got to a point where I was like making friends with the nurses on the hospital floor, <laughs> like they know your name because you're there so much. And I got to a point where I remember being wheeled into the operating room for yet another surgery because I developed hernias and I needed to have mesh and the mesh got infected and they needed to fix it. And so this was a whole nother series of surgeries. And I remember being wheeled into the OR and I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Like I freaking don't want to do this anymore. This is not living. I'm done. Something has to be done. And it took all of that for me to realize that maybe there was something else I could do outside of medications, outside of my training, outside of what my doctors were telling me, I was so closed off for so long. That's all I could see. I was totally in tunnel vision. And then I started to open up and I was like, you know what, at this point, I don't really care what it is, anything that can help me, I'm open to it, right? So I started easy. I started with what um, was familiar to me and that was food. I love to eat. I love to cook. I love to do all of those things. I'm like, all right, so is there something that I could do with food? And my doctors had told me pretty much until they were blue in the face that there was no relationship between food and inflammation. And looking back, I'm like, 
excuse me while I go bang my head on the wall because that's ridiculous. There's absolutely a connection. <laughs> you are what you eat. Food can be medicine or it can be poison, right? Which I learned so much later. Um, and I was busy during this whole time, like medicating myself with junk food or pizza or, you know, yeah, I know, looking back, I'm like, what was I doing? <laughs> um, and so one change finally started to lead to another. And I started to discover that there was this whole world of, of Eastern medicine, of acupuncture, of holistic medicine, of Ayurveda, where these places where you look at the body as a whole and not just little pieces. Like it's not just your digestive system and your circulatory system and your nervous system. And you have like 10 different experts who each have an opinion on one system in the body. Like, no, it all works together. It all influences each other and it's all related. And that's when it finally started to click for me. And I remember, you know, when I started acupuncture and I would pick my acupuncturist's brain, I'm like, so how does the liver relate to anger? And what does that mean in terms of my pulse? And what are you seeing on my tongue? And all of those sorts of things. So I was just voracious for learning and, you know, how is all of this work? Um, and so I would learn new things and I would implement new things and I was still trial and erroring it. Like I didn't really have a coach or someone who could guide me through what I needed to learn. So I'd face plant a few, a few times too and made some mistakes along the way, of course. Um, but eventually I started to learn more and more about myself and my process um, and my body. And then I realized the, the mindset piece mm. and the mind piece and the emotions piece and how much that had to play. Because with just my body, I hit a plateau. It was like I was healing. I was doing better. But eventually it was just like, okay, now nothing's moving forward. And then I wound up um, finding my spiritual teacher. Mm. And, you know, it's kind of like when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And that's exactly it. It was just I was ready and boom, she just she appeared. And um, I credit so much of my healing to the work that we did, right? To starting to understand the role of all of those unprocessed emotions that were there, of my mindset, of all the ways I'd been holding myself back and victim mentality and, you know, this and that and, and perfectionism and a hundred different patterns, right? And working through all of those pieces and slowly unraveling, you know, the thread or that knot that had been so tight around me bit by bit by bit and I started to heal deeper and deeper mm. and deeper until you know I I got to a point where I was like I don't need to fight this illness like there's nothing to be fought there's no war that needs to be fought here Crohn's like looking back Crohn's disease has been one of the greatest teachers of my life it has taught me so much about me who I am as a person um, and helped me you know, to, to start me on that journey of finding my way back to myself, which has been the most beautiful, most rewarding experience of my life. And finally, when I got to that point where I was like, oh my gosh, now I feel so much more at home in my body. I've been healing. I'm in remission. I'm staying in remission and I feel safe in my body. I was like, wait a minute, I can still help other people. This can still translate to others. And that led me to the whole road of health coaching, where I went back to school for health coaching. And I realized that if I could pull these pieces together, you know, from my medical training, from my personal experience, from health coaching, and other pieces that I learned along the way, that other women could benefit from this and could actually heal, like not just put a band-aid, not just treat a symptom, but really truly heal and start finding their way back to, their, to themselves, to home in their body, 
that just spoke to me on such a deep level. And I was like, this is why I'm here. This is why everything happened the way it happened. Wow, Dr. Selvi, I'm sitting here like literally like chills. Your story is so empowering. It's so beautiful. It is so powerful. You had to go through that journey where you were suffering and you, you had to go through, you see how everything is set up for us. The, the, the suffering that we looked at as suffering is really there to push us to the next level of our lives. Here you are as a small kid, you have always been ill. So, mm-hmm. you know, you went through that journey of ignoring it, thinking, okay, that, you know, this is just me. I'm just, I'm different. Maybe just, you know, not really thinking ahead of that. And then going on to college, you're just focusing on, you know, getting your doctoral degree and being a doctor, tying your identity into your, into external things. You weren't really thinking of just, you know, you, like you said, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Mm -hmm. So you had to go through that journey of where you, you know, I think most people wake up when they're, when most people like myself, they wake up when they're tired of suffering. Yes. Yes. Literally. It was just like, I can't do this anymore. Like, you know, like I'm on my knees, like begging for anything. Like that's when I was ready. Yeah. That's what it took. Because you've tried everything. The medications weren't, they were, like you said, it was just a bandaid effect. It wasn't Mm -hmm. getting to the, to the whole you, to the Mm -hmm. holistic you. It wasn't, it wasn't tapping into your emotions that we store in our bodies. It wasn't, it wasn't tapping into your, you know, your, your spirit, your soul, your mind, like none of that. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's how most people go through life, including myself for many years, Mm -hmm. not really thinking that I have a huge role to play with the health of myself, with just the whole me, I have a huge role and not just as soon as I get a headache, let me run to the doctor and, and, you know, and see what's wrong. And because that's how we were conditioned. Yes, yes, exactly that. And that's, you know, that's what I've realized for myself. And that's what I tell my clients too. Anytime you're feeling something in your body, it's a message. Your body's trying to communicate with you, right? There's something that's there that needs to be addressed. And the answer is usually not a medicine is usually not, that doesn't mean to suffer forever and ever, but there's, there's something, there's wisdom there. There's always wisdom there. There's something unhealed. Mm-hmm. And it's usually coming from the beliefs and the emotions that we're holding in our bodies, right? Exactly. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yes. Like I'm, I'm going through that healing process right now where I get a lot of, um, like cramps and like vibration in my lower extremities is, is, is minimizing now, mm-hmm. but now I'm starting to really take my, my healing to the next level where I really go to the root of it. Like, why am I feeling like this? And usually when we ask questions and we trust ourselves, we get the answer. If we really, really listen. <clears throat> and I realized that I've been holding a lot of emotions in my body from childhood, from what I experienced when I was a kid to, you know, feelings of feeling unworthy um, you know, shame, you know, yeah. just not wanting to, to feel that's the thing we, before we can heal, we got to feel our emotions. Otherwise they're not going anywhere. They yeah. stay in our bodies and they create diseases and they create illnesses and sufferings and dis-ease is your, 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 your body is in, you know, in a state of, you know, dis-ease it, it's not, and it's, it's not balanced and you're, you were able to, to heal a, a disease that, millions of people 
are suffering with right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what I tell folks too, is, you know, like you were saying, you know, when you're in that state of dis-ease, that's imbalance, right? Our natural state is balance, is health, is radiance, is, is, is joy, is abundance, is pleasure, is all of those things. And that happens when your mind, your body, emotions, your spirit are in balance. Um, because through our conditioning, we get out of balance and that's going to present in some way, shape or form, right? So to me, like the diagnosis almost doesn't really matter. You could have Crohn's disease, you could have ulcerative colitis, you could have rheumatoid arthritis, you could have, you know, whatever, Sjogren's syndrome, any, it doesn't matter. It's just, it's communication from your body. You're out of balance. Let's get you back into balance. That's it. I love this. I love, you're such a badass. I love this. <laughs> Thank you. I Thank love you. that you said that. It doesn't matter what, it doesn't matter the diagnosis, cancer, arthritis, Alzheimer's, mm -hmm. you know, in your case, Crohn's, it doesn't matter. It's a message from your body that mm -hmm. something needs to be healed. And, but yet we were conditioned to, mm -hmm. in the Western culture, to, to look external of us, to, to look outside of our, of our wise, like we're, we're wise, but most of us, most people don't remember who they are. And so they run to external, they look for help to, in, in external places. And, and I'm not saying anything bad about doctors because doctors are very needed. You know, they, yes, they, they have, you know, they work, they perform miracles. So I do respect doctors, but I, I, it's so important for people to really also know themselves, right? Because if you, if you didn't get down to that, where you're like, okay, enough is enough. You know, something is not, the medications are not working. They're creating even more problems. You know, my back is starting to hurt and, and, you know, intestinal problems and all those different um, problems that that those side effects that, that comes from medication, like huge side effects. And you're like, okay, that's when your mind kicked in and you're like, okay, something I'm not giving up. I'm not giving in something else is going on. And you went on that journey and kudos to you for not, you know, just rolling over and say, you know what, this is just my fate. I, this is, this is okay. Let me call my doctor again. Can you up that medication? Cause that's what I actually saw when I worked at that company. Like, <laughs> I don't want to like go too deep into it, but it's a shame what these, you know, damn it. I don't care what these pharmaceutical companies are doing. It's mm -hmm. because they know exactly what they're doing. Mm -hmm. they, there's yeah. There's so much that's there. It's, it's heavy and it's, it's powerful. It, it really is. It's, it, it's when you put a foreign thing in your body and I'm sure, you know, a lot more, you're a doctor and you put a, a foreign thing that doesn't belong in your body. It's going to, it's going to have its side effects. And that's what was happening to you. Absolutely. And you, yes. And you were able to go into your mind. So for the mind piece, the, the mind piece is so important. It is so important. It is so important to really understand the holistic you, the whole you, and, mm -hmm. and you're now helping women who, so take me on a journey on, of, you know, one of your clients, you don't have to call any names of someone who is not even, they're not even into that thought process of my goodness, I'm a healer. I can, you know, I can heal myself because we really are healers. Mm -hmm. How, what type of responses do you get from 
someone who has no knowledge of who they are of self and totally just rely on external events for, you know, to, to heal them? It's interesting. I love that question. Um, and it's really interesting because, you know, when someone can hear me, it's like that inner knowing can hear, right? So if I'm telling someone um, that you can heal, right, it's absolutely possible for you to heal. Part of them will know if that's true or not. They may not know the how, the why, the any of that kind of stuff. But that inner self, that deep knowing, their, their soul knows if that's true. And that's the part that can meet me there, right? And that's the part that I can meet there. And then it's just allowing them that grace of catching up, right? Of taking that time of like, this is not your fault. This is conditioning. This stuff runs deep. I mean, this goes way back to toddlerhood. And if you're, you know, in your 30s or 40s, like you've been operating this way all of this time, it's not going to change overnight. And that's okay, right? But it can change. And for me to be able to hold that space to create safety for them to know that they can go through this process and that it might get messy at times because growth sure is, mm. but it's okay because that's what healing takes, right? And they're committed because they know what's possible. So to see them starting to walk through that and to finally start, see them starting to tap more into their intuition, right? Which is so related to the health of your gut, which is so related to all of that. Those two pieces are so intimately tied to have, for example, I had a gentleman who I was working with who was very in his head. Um, and as his body started to heal, he, he was out with friends and he remembered taking a bite of something. And he was like, I don't know why, but I was just like, no, that's not going to work for my body. It's like, that was your intuition at play. Do you realize that? And he just knew, and it was starting to tap into them. He was like, oh my gosh, I can trust myself. And that's what starts to happen over time as you start to do this work, as you start to bring the mind, the body, the heart, the emotions, the spirit all into alignment is I can trust myself. Mm. And that is so powerful when you feel safe in your body and you can trust yourself then you know you can start to make the right decisions, whether it's food, whether it's a doctor, whether it's a treatment, whether it's not a treatment, you know that you can guide yourself because that inner knowing is guiding you along the way. That is amazing. That is powerful. No one knows our bodies like we do. We know everything yes. that we need to, to heal ourselves and live a holistic life. Yes. But like, you know, but we've been trained to look outside of ourselves for the help while that intuition is there guiding us, but that loud ego voice telling us, no, no, call this person, call that person, take this, go to the doctor, take this over the counter, take this. Yes. And that's what we're so conditioned to. And it's, it's not an easy journey to, 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 to get away from that no, because yeah. the ego will always try to, to tell us that, no, what are you doing? Now you can trust yourself. What, what are you talking about? Go back to taking this, go back to taking that. So it really takes someone who's committed to, 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 to change and mm -hmm. someone who's committed to, to, to self-exploration and just to live in, just to live a holistic life, mind, body, and soul, and get that in, in alignment, mm -hmm. to really get the ball running. So what does your, um, I guess what I'm trying to ask is someone should come into you right now, or someone's listening right now with Crohn, because a lot of people are suffering, like millions of people are suffering from Crohn. Like yes. it is such a common disease. There's so many people, right? For sure. For sure. Yes. Uh, yeah. So if someone is listening right now and they're, they're like, okay, so I've been on my medication now for years and I feel like I'm just only existing 
I'm not living, I'm not waking up full of vigor and full of life. I'm always lethargic. I'm still, I want to feel alive again. This is such an an interesting topic. She did it. She's helping people to, to live holistically and cure their Crohn's naturally. What is the first thing that person's thinking? So what is it that I need to do starting tomorrow and the next day and the next day? What, what are the steps that I need to take to heal myself holistically? Mm. So the first thing I would say is um, I wanted to just briefly allude. There was a short story that just spoke to my soul when I was Mm. in that place. Right. Um, And it was about a spore and a spore is, you know, this little microbe in nature that has the ability to come back to life given the right conditions. And when you're in that place where you're feeling stuck, where you're feeling like, you know, uh, I just, I'm over all of this, but you know, I feel like I'm on the hamster wheel and nothing's changing. You're like a spore given the right conditions. You can absolutely come back to life because again, that is who you are. And that's just so key, right? Um, so anybody has that ability to come back. So first belief is huge, right? Um, then I would say food is a big one, but that even that is so individual, right? So you know, basic steps, watch the amount of sugar that you're taking in, right? And some people think it's just added sugar, but it's also the processed foods. It's also, are you eating a lot of breads? Are you eating a lot of pastas? Are you eating certain comfort foods, you know, because things are just really tough right now. And I get it. I mean, I did that too. You know, I went through the whole pasta, pizza, chips phase myself and it's real, right? Um, So watching those kind of stuff, staying away from fast foods, those are at least some basic steps in focusing on real foods, which can be hard if you've been diagnosed with something like Crohn's. And especially if you're like, anytime I eat a vegetable, I go into a flare or I'm having pain or I'm running into the restroom. There are ways of making that happen where you can get nutrition and also support yourself, um, you know, and support your healing without going to the processed foods. So a lot of times doctors, I hope they don't still do this as much, but they used to really recommend um, a low residue diet, which typically in the past meant boiled chicken, um, pasta, I know, (laughs) bread, maybe some potatoes. And I'm like, oh gosh, and we're wondering why we're not healing. Like none of that is helping your gut microbiome. None of that is helping the, the balance of bacteria, viruses, fungi to, function in a in a beneficial state which is so important to healing as well so when people come to me you know and they're asking me are you a dietitian are you a nutritionist and I'm like oh my gosh it's so much more than that but the food component is key so we need that foundation but then we're going to build on top of that right so if you're really suffering and you're having like a lot of pain I would say put yourself on soups those are some of the easiest things to digest and will just allow your bowel to rest a little bit. And I can't stay on that forever, but it's a good start. And then I would say, you know, like it's hard to do this alone. Like I did it, I really don't recommend it. Like, you know, find someone that you can trust to guide you through the process, right? Who can handle different pieces, who can handle the mindset piece, who can help you with the emotional piece, who can help you with the um, the spirit piece as well. Um, Sometimes people see therapists and they're great, But, you know, also watch out, you know, I mean, keep an eye on it and see, you know, sometimes people will start spinning in circles too. So, you know, we do need to um, address the emotions, but we also need to get you to a place where you're moving forward and you're not stuck in that place. So you're not spinning your wheels. 
And that's another symptom. If you feel like you're stuck or you feel like, you know, you've hit another plateau, that there's another layer of healing that needs to happen. And what is that, right? So you want someone who's, um, who's gone several steps farther than you have, because, you know, I talk about this, the level of the problem and the level of the solution are different. Mm. So you want someone who's come through because you're not going to be able to see the solution when you're in it any more than I could, right? So find someone who listens to you, who sees you, who hears you, who validates you, who gets it, who's preferably walked a mile in your shoes and has done it before with other people. That I love this. I yeah. love it. I love it. Find someone who has walked the journey, who is, you know, you've been walking this journey since you're five years old, you've been suffering with it. And then you literally went through the, the guts of it. You had surgery and, and split open and, and my goodness, while being a medical doctor, while in med- medical school, all of that. So it's, it's really important to find someone like yourself who not only you know, know about the nutrition part of it, but also, you know, the mind, body, and soul is so important as well. Because as with not only Cronus, with any diseases, if if we're walking around saying, I am sick, I have Crohn, I have this, I have that, then you're putting ownership to that, to that disease. And then you're not really seeing yourself separate, right? You're not really seeing yourself separate, like, okay, so here is the disease, and here I am over here. Over yes. here, I'm holding complete. Yes. And over there is the is the disease because it's in the mind. And I know a lot, some people probably won't be able to understand what I'm just saying, but you know what I mean, right? I know exactly what you mean. And that's so true. I remember going for years and years and years saying, my Crohn's, my Crohn's, my Crohn's. And I'm like, why am I holding this so tightly? <laughs> it's just like, then it went to the Crohn's and then it was eventually I had Crohn's. And I remember um, after I started saying that, one of my clients who joined um, to start working with me, we were going to start working together. She was like, wait a minute, what did you just say? Can you say that again? I said, I had Crohn's. She was like, I've literally never heard anyone say that before. What do you mean had past tense? I was like, well, yeah. I like that. Oh my God, that's possible. I was like, yeah, absolutely. Yes. The power of our words are so powerful. Whatever you're holding onto so tightly, then you're, you're putting ownership to it. And, and the, 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 the word I am, it's so powerful. Whatever we put after that, we're literally creating that in our lives. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it starts with everything with holistically and that holistically, and that's something that I've been kept from us. A lot of people, the entire world can heal themselves if they, you know, just really have knowledge of self, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's, we've been conditioned otherwise to look external of us, to go outside and look for the answers. And the answers are always outside of us. And, and (laughs) you know know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I know. And that's not to say that again, that you need to do it all alone. You need someone who can reflect back to you, but who's also not going to be like, I have all the answers, you know, like, yeah, no, no. (laughs) You know, that's one thing my spiritual teacher had taught me so much about. I'm not doing anything right now, by the way, you're doing this. Yes. I'm just reflecting things back to you. I'm holding space, but you're doing it. I do not give me credit. I'm not taking that on. I love that. We all have the answers within us because we all came here. As I was meditating this morning, I said to myself, because I still have, you know, a lot of things that needs to be healed. Mm-hmm. And um, I keep saying to myself, I am whole and complete. I have all the answers inside of me. Yes. I am not broken. You know, oh. that's just what the ego is trying to tell me that, you know, these low vibrational 
um, emotions trying to creep back up. And I'm like, no, 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 I am whole. I came here whole and complete. I am enough. And there's nothing that I can say or do that can change that. I will always be enough. And that is something that I consistently have to tell myself because the ego is very strong and, mm-hmm. and, and love suffering and, and love, love us to just stay in that low vibrational, you know, space. And so- it really, it takes strength to, to rise above that. Mm-hmm. It does. It does. You know, and I remember like, you know, with some of this stuff, I was like, man, going through another surgery would probably be almost easier than some of the heavy lifting that I had done, like emotionally, because it's tough. It's, it's tough. tough. It's tough to release no longer to release what what is no longer serving you, because it, we've been holding on to these beliefs of who we think we are for so many years that when we're trying to to release them, it 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 feels like you're you're actually dying. To, you're actually dying you to yourself. You are. You yes. are, yes, your old self is dying. And that is, that can send you on a, on a roller coaster, um, just roller coaster of emotions. And it's, totally. it's, it's worth it though. <laughs> oh, totally. And again, that's where I would be like, you know, make sure you have the support that you need to get through that kind yes. of thing. Have someone with you who can, who can hold you through that because it's difficult for sure. And again, it's like, you know, you think, why would we want to stay in that place? Right. Because it's, it's familiar it's known, right? Yes. That's, that's the known area of, you know, this whole staying on the hamster wheel. Like, why do people stay in that place for so long? Because I it's know. familiar. It's familiar. Yeah. I really hope that you'll help millions of people with their Crohn's because there's so many people out there right now who needs you, Dr. Selfie. Like they need to realize that the answers are within them, but they need someone to hold that space for them and believe in them and remind them. And that's where you come in. Thank you so much. Your story is so empowering. I'm sitting over here just really just in awe because, you know, not too many people can, are able to, to sit where you're sitting right now and, and, and share such a powerful story. So thank you so, 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 so much. I really hope that you will be able to heal millions. There's so many people that, that right now that can use your help so thank you so much and how can how can our listeners connect with you if they wanted to connect with you absolutely so the easiest way is going to be to go to my website which is www.drselvi.com so that's www.drselvi.com and you can always book a time to talk with me I'm happy to talk to you about your unique situation there's a button that says let's chat if you scroll all the way to the bottom Um, and there's also a free starter kit so anyone who is suffering with Crohn's um, can download a free starter kit and get started to finding some relief and hopefully finding some answers for you as well Um, and I'm just, I'm so grateful and just so humbled to be able to share my story here with you um, today. So happy to have you, Dr. Selby. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nadine. Thank you for listening to Universal Grace Podcast and being part of this amazing community. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and I hanging out and helping each other rise to the top. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. So I'll see you on the next episode. But in the meantime, remember to head on over to universalgracepodcast.com 
and get some extra special resources that you won't find anywhere else. Thanks for listening and let love guide you.